Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Gauri New South Wales podcast show. We begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and interact with today, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. It's Kevin here again, Marketing Manager of Gauri New South Wales, and today on the show we have our professional learning consultant, Jessica Horn-Kennedy, unpacking what it means to be intentional in practice. Let's begin. Intentional teaching is uh, one of the key practices in the early years learning framework. So there's a lot of um, discussion about what it means to, um, I guess, facilitate intentional teaching or incorporate intentional teaching into your program. And one of the things that I think is really, really important for educators to understand is that intentional teaching, um, it's difficult just to put it in a box and say, I'm doing intentional teaching today because intentional teaching is very much about a way of being um, and a way of working as a teacher. Um, When educators are intentional, um, they're thoughtful, they're thinking about the reasons why they're doing things in particular ways. Um, That's a little bit about, um, you know, it's a way of being and I think in many ways, you know, intentional teaching is about a process. It's a process of teaching. So mm. it's not something that you can just kind of say, oh, I've done it today, tick. Mm. Because intentional teachers are always thinking and reflecting about their practice. And when we're being really authentically intentional, we're responding to children in really meaningful ways. But, you know, also on the other side of that, when we think about being intentional, um, we're being reflective. <laughs> so, you know, it goes hand in hand with that idea of, um, of being a reflective teacher. Um, whether that's being critically reflective on our practice, but actually, you know, reflection, you know, on as a starting point is that if, you know, the, you know, these kind of they, they kind of have like two branches, you know, on a tree. You know, you have your intentional teaching and your reflection. You, for me personally, if I was thinking about my practice as a teacher, there's no way that I could have been intentional without being reflective. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, what does the opposite look like? I think the opposite of intentional teaching. Um, is, I guess, not being reflective, maybe. Um, I don't know, that's tricky to say, but mm. I think... So short-term... Yeah, and I guess the whole idea of intentional teaching is we have that, you know, that quote or that description in the early years learning framework that being intentional is the opposite of teaching by rote or by continuing with traditions because you've always done it that way. So for me... It's about thinking, okay, well, we've always done morning tea like this, but hang on a minute, maybe there's a different way to approach it that might be of more benefit to the children. So it's having almost a sense of courage to change your practice a little bit and be open to the way practice can travel down different pathways, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. So sometimes it's really hard because things that we've always done and you know we might have done them for many years or they feel safe and comfortable and that's okay we have to feel comfortable in our practice but sometimes practice when it you know enriches um, and when we really take children to a different space with their learning is something that might not be comfortable for us it might get a bit messy you know it might be something we think we're not quite sure where the children are going to take us um, with this exploration um and that's that's okay as well and that is about being intentional is about you know sometimes stepping back and really closely observing children 
and then you know responding to what their interests are in that moment and what their interests are in an ongoing picture as well. So when that happens, what then transpires? I think that you know our, we have a, a deep a deeper level of understanding the reasons why we're doing what we do, and part of that is that we you know we're responding to children as I just said, but we're providing spaces that really authentically. Um, you know, tune into the, the child and their world. Who they are right now in 2020 mm. is different from, you know, children, you know, in 1985 or <laughs> 1993, you know. So we have to be responding mm. um, to who children are in this world, in this context, um, mm. um, in the world that we're, we're living in now. Yeah. Yeah. So in your opinion, what, what sort of outcomes do we measure in children or, or do we do we even do that at all? Outcomes are a, a tricky word. I mean, we have the learning outcomes in um, the early years learning framework, of course. But I often, you know, when I'm supporting educators through our professional learning workshops or through our mentoring um, and other forms of consultancy, something I really emphasise to people is um, the learning outcomes are not there just to be ticked off. Um, for me, the learning outcomes almost like signposts you know so if we see children is on this journey of learning on this kind of progression you know and if you think about you know this map you know journey often is marked by a map um and what are the signposts on the way um and that for me is you know kind of a metaphor for the learning outcome because you know when we have um those signposts we can stop we can pause we can think okay what's happening for this child at this moment what are they learning and then when we use the learning outcomes from the framework in that way, we have a lot of really rich information that can actually help us understand what's happening in that moment. So in many ways, um, you know, the learning outcomes, uh, they highlight those specific characteristics of learning, um, those dispositions of learning, um, but also, you know, what's unique to that child. So each learning out for each child, they have those learning outcomes in the mm. early years learning framework. But because each child is their own person, mm. the learning outcomes will look different from child to child. Mm. So we have to also be quite reflective about, you know, what does this learning outcome tell me about this little person here and now? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would really emphasise that um, the learning outcomes are there to help us articulate the learning that is happening for children. Um, and they're definitely not an end point. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, many of the learning outcomes <laughs> in the early years learning program as adults, we're probably, you know, maybe still learning some of those. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we have to revisit and reflect um, and really think, you know, what does this mean yeah. right here and now? And you talk about articulation of in a form that is easy for other adults to understand, uh, you know, other adults, including uh, your colleagues, um, parents, uh, people who you come in contact with. Mm. Uh, how do you be intentional with that as well? That's a very tricky question. <laughs> I think it comes back to the question about the purpose of documentation, which is, you know, probably another conversation that we can have, to, you know, in itself. But I guess when we think about documentation and, you know, our program, we have to ask, you know, who is it for? I always say that question, who is it for? Obviously, ultimately, what we do in early childhood is for, for children and families to support them. So, but... To be able to provide that space where we're supporting children and families and supporting children's learning and play, we have to have tools. 
and the program and the documentation need to be seen as that tool where you know, educators can pick it up and say, oh, I can understand that person's perspective of what's happening for that child. But then we also need to see um, the documentation from that perspective as, you know, if I was to pick it up, I could, you know, share my thoughts on that. So it can also be quite a collaborative tool. But in terms of families, I really think that when we have this practice of intentional teaching, um, and I'm really interested in bringing that into our documentation, thinking about, you know, how can we translate how we see the child from that perspective into what we write about the child, um, or write about the child's learning and play. And if that's, you know, because if we're saying, you know, intentional teaching is a thoughtful practice, um, our documentation should reflect that. And, you know, as a parent myself, I know if I picked up, uh, when my child was in <laughs> early childhood, if I, if I picked up a piece of documentation that someone had written for her from that perspective of intentional, thoughtful practice, I would really see how they understood her. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I think that's the essence of what we want to do. We want to share with families, parents and families, you know, these are all the special things and the, the amazing strengths and ways that, of being that your child um, shows us when they come to our service. Mm -hmm. um, and I think ultimately if we can present that, um, it strengthens our, strengthens our practice in so many ways. Thanks, You're Jess. Good. That was really useful. Um, we offer an intentional workshop uh, here at Gowry. What can uh, people who want to uh, enroll and register expect from that? Well, I think um, our Being Intentional, the Thoughtful Teacher Workshop is a really special opportunity because it provides the space for educators to think about what this whole practice of intentional teaching means. And I think, you know, every educator is unique. You know, they're, they're their own person. They have their own ideas and stories of how they became an early child teacher. So in context of that, everyone will take something different, obviously something similar about intentional teaching, but something different. And for many of the educators that have come um, so far to this mm. workshop, one of the really special kind of themes that they share um, that they've taken from this um, session of learning is the importance of slowing down. The importance of slowing down our practice, taking a step back and really, really considering how can I support this child's learning and play in an, an authentic um, and meaningful and therefore intentional way. So just tell me a, a few ways of how to be intentional in the classroom. Well, from my experience as a teacher, um, it was about thinking about the sort of experiences or I don't know if you want to call them jobs or um, ways that you were um, present in the classroom. And, you know, some activities that you do as an adult around young children help you to be more present mm. than others. Mm. Um, being present and being aware of, you know, yourself within a space is a big part of this idea of um, being intentional and also a big part of being able to listen to children. Um, for me, being able to listen to children and also to be able to really closely observe their play um, was finding ways where I could be quite quiet in the space. Um, so, to, believe it or not, I wasn't actually asking lots and lots of questions of the children. I was actually almost stepping back a little bit and being alongside or with the children, very much still with the children, but doing experiences where I could kind of have this little ear to what was happening in their world. So experiences like, you know, tending the garden, you know, I'd often be, you know, pulling out the weeds in the veggie garden or planting something or doing something like that where I could be quite engaged in mine. I'd have little little friends beside me helping me, 
But also my other ear could hear some of the special, you know, experiences and moments of play that were happening. I used to also have, often have a craft project and I'd have my basket with my um, knitting needles in my wall. And sometimes when the children um, were engaged in um, periods of inside play or um, and to provide that sense of uninterrupted play, I would be knitting away. Look, I'm not the best knitter, so often it would just be squares of, you know, um, knitted cloth. Um, but they were quite fascinating. You know, I'd have friends that would come and sit beside me and un- unwind the ball of wool. But still, what that was doing, so I still had the space where, I, you know, I could be and I was attending and I was um, relating to the children. But by slowing myself down through that craft experience of knitting or crafting something else, I could really hear what was happening mm. in their world. Um, and, you know, it's really easy to just quickly put your knitting in a basket if you need to hop up and do something else. So yeah, those are examples of how I approach it. But, I mean, I guess everyone's different. But I think the the whole idea is finding what works for you, finding what helps you to slow down um, so you can tune in to what's happening for the children in your space. So, Jess, how do you become intentional in, in, in our busy day-to-day um lives and jobs it's a really it's a really good question because i think um you know we know that in the average day in an early childhood um setting these i think it's there was some research that it was like 900 over 965 curriculum decisions are made in any one average sort of working day um so with that knowledge we have to think okay how do we allow ourselves space within those 965 you know, decisions that we're making to slow down? You might think, we don't even have the time to slow down, but that's why it's even more important to look at our practices and even look at the way you know, we operate. Because it, you know, the reason that we're saying we need to slow down is because it helps us to be intentional, helps us to be thoughtful, helps us to really respond in a meaningful way to children. So if we're kind of buzzing around doing lots and lots and lots of things, we can't tune in to what's happening for the children in the moment. And that's what intentional teaching asks us. Thanks for listening in, everyone. And don't forget that Gary New South Wales is offering the Being Intentional, the Thoughtful Teacher workshop throughout 2020. The workshop contributes three hours of NESA-registered professional development addressing 3.3.2 from the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers towards maintaining proficient teacher accreditation in New South Wales. So jump onto our education hub, that's www.garynsw.com.au slash education hub. Look for the course and book today. Till next time.